Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs on the Locked On NBA Network. I am your host, Jeff Garcia of News Sports San Antonio, Fox 29, San Antonio Spurs Zone. Your San Antonio Spurs got another big win against another top team in the NBA, that being the Boston Celtics, beating them in their gym last night in TD Garden, 129-114. It, uh, it was a game where pretty much the Silver and Black dominated. Spurs scored 30 or more points in each and every quarter. And you can say a little bit of a tense moment in the third quarter, but the Spurs were able to weather the Boston Spurs. Please, question, are the Spurs turning around? Are we buying this resurgence of your Spurs? Also on the show, prior to the game versus Boston, Popovich uh, made it very clear. He wants nothing to do with his name attached to the loan management. But yet many think he's the godfather of that. Is he right? Is he wrong? To discuss that and more, I'm joined by ESPN San Antonio's and co-host of the Saturday morning hangover. That being James Pleasure. James, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Thanks a lot for having me, Jeff. So Spurs got a W against the mighty Boston Celtics. And they got a W at home versus the mighty Milwaukee Bucks. And it's a two-game win streak. And the last three, they're two and one. And Things are looking kind of bright for the Spurs. Are you buying this? Man, after being both the Bucks and the Celtics, uh, one on the at home, one on the road in Boston, and then having that good first half against the Bucks up in, in Milwaukee before mm-hmm. giving that up, it's it's definitely starting to trend and look like the Spurs are finally getting things together. And part of that is you're starting to see some good to great basketball, mm-hmm. which we haven't seen in a long time. Lonnie Walker's getting some good minutes. I believe he had 19 points in 19 minutes last night. Uh, so he's getting more involved. And, of course, DeMar DeRozan's doing DeMar DeRozan things where right. he gives you 20 a night. Last night he gives you 30. Um, it's been It's been very, very exciting to at least see that they are – starting to turn the corner it looks like mm-hmm. and they're already in the eighth seed in the playoffs currently as they sit so is it out of the realm of possibility that they can make a, a run at this in the second half if they continue this absolutely not and you, you know what with them peaking seemingly peaking right now i just hope they're not peaking too soon uh, they got the all-star break, and I think and nowadays in the NBA, the, that break is a little longer. There's a bigger gap between uh, the all-star uh, event itself and then the next regular season game. I just hope they have some momentum enough to carry them into the second half of the season. And you're looking at what the Spurs are doing. Now, statistically, I mean, I don't need to go into the numbers. I know you know and I know and the listeners know. Their three-point percentage has improved tremendously. The three-point makes per game have been improved to double digits now. They're rebounding. They've been one of the better rebounding teams throughout the entire season, but that's gotten better. And their Mm -hmm. plus minus has gotten better as well. I I don't want to be that stat head guy to say, oh, look at the numbers. The numbers prove they're trendy because let's face it, James, we've seen this before. We've been to the circus before this season. The Spurs give us a two-game win streak, and the next thing you know, they drop a couple of games. Would you be surprised if that happens again? I wouldn't be surprised, but um, we haven't seen a trend like this to where the plus minus starts to trend up. You start to see minutes for the guys that we've been clamoring to see minutes for. You're starting to see better team defense and rotations that 
are helping to add to what they're doing offensively. And you're starting to see, uh, as you talked about the three-point percentage, you're starting to see mm-hmm. they had a season-high 19 makes against yeah. Milwaukee. You're starting to see them, A, take more, B, make more. And on top of that, LaMarcus Aldridge is part of that because he's getting involved in the pick-and-pop game in the three-point aspect. So there are different trends this season that were, or at least during the small sample size, that we didn't see earlier when they were struggling so much. And some of the things that we've been asking for, like evolving into the 22,000 NBA game where you, mm-hmm. you take more threes because the game's played behind the art now. Like we're starting to see them trend towards doing some of these things, which is very, very, very at least – giving the fans some hope because right. of that, I would say, just because it's kind of everything A, fans have wanted to see, and B, talking heads like you and I have been talking about forever. Yeah. Yeah, and and one of the things has been, well, apparently, and more than that, apparently it is, the benching of Marco Bellinelli. He's really been buried in the bench uh, deep now. Um, he rarely Marco, scratches. no! <laughs> Uh, sorry, so you're gonna have to like maybe um, just wear your Bellinelli jersey more often just to really get at the fan. <laughs> he's been the whipping boy for the Spurs uh, fan base this season. Um, oh, he's been of, whipping yeah. boy number one for the Spurs yeah. fan base this season, big time. Um, but I think I know what your answer is going to be, but I got to ask it anyway. How how big was that move that Popovich did by Barry and Marco on the bench? Uh, it was big in the terms of we're finally getting to see Lonnie Walker, who is a 1,000% more athletic than Marco. B, uh, defensively, he gives you a better chance as long as he, you know, adheres to what Pop's saying. And so far he has been, as we've seen the team defense become better with his insertion into the lineup. And see, he gives you the ability to score points because of his ability to slash to the basket and just kind of create for himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Bellinelli, it was pretty much either he's going to give you shooting or not, and then nothing else. I, I mean, even if Lonnie's uh, shot is off, yeah. you know that he's going to give you the speed, the athleticism. Uh, some defense, a couple of rebounds, and uh, get out in the fast break. Um, as we record this show, James, uh, in recent games, he leads the team in fast break points, um, in pace, uh, and then a, a few aspects. He's like two or three in some defensive categories, um, such as uh, points off turnovers and stuff like that. So, And then his teammates have been talking about it, too. I mean, Patty Mills said exactly what I just said, that Walker brings that extra added boost on the court as well as the defensive presence. So, yeah, I mean, it looks like Popovich seemingly got it. And It's a defensive presence, and it's also yeah. – there's a swag that yeah, exactly. A. Lonnie plays yeah. with and carries that carries over to the rest of the team. You know, he, he becomes – he's very confident in himself, and you can see that kind of bleed off into the rest of the team with the way that they've played lately. 
Well, and, you know, and, and their play of late has been really good. I mean, a lot of fans, you know, winning cures all and is definitely curing the fan base. Fans are coming off the ledge and, you know, they're, they're stop they're stop pickering online. And obviously the fans like what they're seeing. But also the thing that I'm like that I'm seeing, too, is the commitment to defense. Um, technically, yeah, the Spurs are still at the bottom of the barrel defensively, but in recent games, that has uh, kind of corrected itself. I think prior to you jumping on the Spurs, yesterday I looked at it, and this month alone, they're only taking about 180 points. Well, they're averaging 180 points. Changed. Boston gave me the point is that defense. It took a while, James, but seemingly the defense has been Yeah, it's taken a while, but I think it's just mainly because of the team defensive aspect of the Spurs. It's not singular individuality on the defensive side of the ball when it comes to them. Sure, they've had great defenders, whether it's been Bruce Bowen or Tim Duncan or uh, Kawhi Leonard in the past, but while they have guys that can be athletic enough to do the, some of the things that they've done now. It's more about or less about the, the singular great defensive players and more about everybody else being in the right spot. And you're starting to see that, especially the other night with Patty Mills. Patty Mills has been playing his ass off defensively. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, he's it, not a guy that you would talk about as a great defender or, you know, somebody that can't be exploited because of his size. But, I mean, he's been doing a great job moving his feet, staying in front of people, making the right rotations, getting over. Like, And where they were the worst defensively has gotten better, and that's guarding the perimeter, the three-point yeah. shot. And they're rotating better on the outside, which has made – so much of what they're doing so much better. Yeah, we, we hope that the Spurs uh, continue this. But as of right now, uh, James, I'm going to circle back to the beginning of our conversation. You're you're buying that the that they turned it around, or do you still need to see a few more games before you absolutely positively say, you know what, they're on the right track now. They got it now. They get it. Watch out, uh, Western Conference. Obviously, you want to see a few more games, and okay. obviously, watch out. Western Conference is a bit strong. <laughs> well, as far as like, because you know, a Popovich-led team, that type of team. If you're looking at the, you know, a top, let's sure. say for you know, that that'll they'll still but, put a scare in, in an upper uh, upper crust team. Sure, but watch out, Western Conference. Like, sure, Pop is good enough to be able to scheme with anyone, but. You also got to remember the watch out pop teams had three Hall of Famers on it. That's true. <laughs> I don't yeah. see one on the current iteration of the Spurs. So let's kind of the watch out pop thing may be a bit much or watch out Spurs for the or watch out West for the <laughs> Spurs. Yeah. But like, yes, they're going to be good enough to win you some games because pop's that good of a coach and they can scare anyone. But if, you know, the Clippers or the Lakers or the Nuggets are dialed in. They're just better teams. Like, mm-hmm. they've got more talent. They're better teams as we sit today. Now, to answer your first question, I'd like to see a few more games of this before I 100% buy in. 
but I've seen enough of a trend here in the last two and a half out of three games mm-hmm. that I'm starting to feel like, oh, I can see it turning. Like, I've seen the incremental growth, and Papa's all about not skipping steps, incremental growth to get you to where you eventually need to be. Yeah, and um, yeah, although you're right, you know, the Spurs don't have that true Hall of Famer player franchise guy on the roster uh, because he's buried on the bench now, Marco Bellinelli. So hopefully Marco will get back on the court. <laughs> but hey, hey, at least you know, hey, that's the Denver Nuggets. You know, they, they definitely sweated last season in the, in the playoffs, uh, seeing uh, a game seven versus the uh, San Antonio Spurs. So hopefully the magic, whatever they found right now, will continue. DeMar DeRozan's uh, also commenting on that after they win over Boston. Uh, he mentioned the defense. He also said, you know, that he spoke to the team uh, of late, saying, you know, like, we can do this. We, we can beat anybody. So hopefully that leadership is, is coming out of DeMar and that can carry over moving forward. James. The interesting thing that we're going to see going forward with this is going to be whether or not, like, if they continue this trend, what happens to all that, that talk of trading LaMarcus and, and <laughs> trading DeMar and, you know, getting some new young and starting the rebuild and it, it, what does it become now? Like trading what to get what in return to help maybe boost this team to contend with some of those top four teams in the West now. Like does trade talk shift or does it become let's do the Spurs thing and stand pat? And uh, also too, what happened to that whole uh, push for tanking? That's that's kind of quiet uh, of late as well. Uh, Well, hey, Spurs looking good. Uh, they're playing well. They're firing all cylinders on both ends of the court. And uh, Popovich really hasn't gone to any type of load management. And speaking of load management, Popovich addressed that uh, yesterday before the game versus Austin. So, well, James and I are going to talk about what Pop had to say. We are back, and I'm joined by James Pledger. He's the co-host of ESPN San Antonio's Saturday Morning Hangover. And it's one of the better shows you can catch in San Antonio or anywhere you live across the globe. You can find it online. Um, I think you even put up the podcast, right? Like like the video, the audio of it also is available too, right, James? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so check it out. And it's also on the ESPN San Antonio Facebook feed because we Facebook Live the whole show, so you can sit and watch it if you want it. There you go. Watch James in action and his co-host RJ. So those guys are. And I'm pretty sure y'all are shifting now to NBA with the Cowboy season over. Or it's still heavy football with the playoffs. Uh, it's still football. Uh, it's yeah. it's gonna start trending towards basketball, but you know we've got the NFL playoffs. The Texans yeah. are still in it. The Cowboys have a brand new head coach that we get to talk about, Mike McCarthy, who just had his introductory press conference yesterday. He's mm-hmm. starting to fill out his staff, so it's seeing what coaches stay and go and stuff like that. So there's still going to be plenty of football talk up through the Super Bowl and probably the draft, but it's mm-hmm. definitely going to start trending towards the NBA and the San Antonio Spurs war now. Check out the Saturday morning hangover on ESPN San Antonio Radio. And James... Um, the good thing that you do is that you are broadcast your show on Facebook 
to avoid um, not only well, just basically fans throwing beer at you. Can you believe that would happen last night? Fans in Boston threw, or a fan in Boston threw a beer cup uh, towards the Spurs bench. Nobody got hurt. So, James. Yeah, that, they're, they're, they're wild in Boston, aren't they? Well, yeah, but it, that, you got to be careful with stuff like that because isn't that what started the malice in the palace? Like, that guy's got to never be allowed in an NBA game again. And I don't know how you quantify that because. Apparently, they did it to the guy in Utah that was throwing slurs and epithets at yeah. Russell Westbrook. So, but I don't know how you keep him from getting a ticket again. Like, is his name outside the venue with the picture? Like, <laughs> know, do not right? let this man in. Like, how do they relegate like banning <laughs> a guy from an NBA stadium? Yeah, uh, it's interesting. But um, the, the man, at least reports say, he was arrested uh, for the incident last <laughs> night. But James, when you head out to work, do you ever experience any load management? Does, does ESPN San Antonio say, you know what, James, we're going to have to sit you out today because we need you for the long run? Does that ever happen to you? You know, sometimes you wish it would. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it feels of, like it goes the other way. More <laughs> work out of James. Uh, well, speaking of load management, Popovich addressed that uh, prior to something. Um, he said that it's farcical. Uh, he said that he wishes his name wasn't attached to the whole uh, load management. He doesn't. He stalked at the reporter who said, "Well, aren't you the godfather of uh, load management?" James. He flatly said he wants nothing to do with that. And he had nothing to do with it. And that what many think that he did, starting the trend, load managing Timmy, Tony, Imanu, and Kawhi before that drama started. Um, he says that he was simply just trying to prolong their careers. Um, he even pointed to the fact that he wasn't afraid to set out Tim Duncan for an entire playoff uh, series uh, back in the day. Do you buy this? That do you was, believe that, that Pop is more injury related? But yeah, uh, do you believe this? I, I I don't buy it. I I think it's it's like saying he's having fun with the guy. He has to be having fun with the guy. Well, yeah. I mean, well. I hope he's having fun, but if I just take it for, you know, black and white, it's like saying tomato, tomato. You know, I mean, you're doing the exact same thing, aren't you, James? What do you think about Pop's comments? I mean, I really do hope he's having fun with the reporter that asked the question <laughs> because we know his sense of humor is not always – he's not always going to smile and, and laugh at you and let you know that he's being sarcastic. But he, he legitimately – Sat Tim Duncan out one game, and the in, the report said DMP old. I remember that. <laughs> so I remember that. He he literally sent Tim, Tony, Manu, Kawhi. He sent like everybody left of Patty Mills home <laughs> on a trip to Miami, a game the Spurs won, mind you, with all their backups against the the heatles back when mm-hmm. it was you know the lebron eat but like sure i get it you you don't want to be attached to that but you kind of started the whole trend because it you did find out that if you don't play them 82 games and you kind of pick where you know you don't play them on back to backs and you you can prolong their career by doing that and if your team mm-hmm. is good enough 
you can afford to rest guys for certain games and right. prolong their career, which by prolonging their careers, you get more out of them. Therefore, you're better longer prolonging mm-hmm. your own career as head coach and not having to rebuild as quickly as one would think. So you can say you're not the godfather of load management. You can say you're the godfather of, you know, prolonging people's careers in the NBA. But you've started this trend, and it's not like it's a bad trend. Sure, it's bad in terms of fans going to the game or wanting to turn on a game and seeing – Nobody that they care to see on right. the court at one time, but it's for the greater good. And at least in San Antonio, we understand that it's for the greater good. Like mm-hmm. we get that, you know, hey, this needs to happen if we're going to compete for an NBA title because that's more important than winning game 35 of the NBA season when we're playing our fourth game in five nights. Right. I, I, agree, I agree with Popovich to a certain degree in the sense that I don't think he in, envisioned load management being what load management is nowadays. I think when he did it, uh, I truly believe like, I got to prolong these guys' careers. And you mentioned, you know, I extend their careers. I extend my winning and my coaching winningness and blah, blah, blah. Players nowadays have just ran with it. I mean, just look at Kawhi Leonard. You know, just I don't want to play for the next three games. Okay, fine. Go ahead and do it. You know, I mean, the Clippers are going to bow down to him. You see, well, I mean, uh, but and not really tough to deal with, Jeff. I mean, have some modicum of, of <laughs> decency in your heart for Kawhi Leonard and the injury that he's dealing with. Well, I don't know. I, I tried to talk to him, but he was being um, tucked away in New York City, and I couldn't get to him. So, I don't know. You know, I can't verify that. <laughs> but. Here's the thing, though. You know, on the other side, though, you see players like uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, a guy uh, age the right quote unquote age of LeBron James, you know, taking advantage of low management. You're seeing it out of guys like Brian. Um, there's no other players. Um, we got like James Harden. You know, you don't see him dropping four to twenty shooting nights for the. You can hate on James Harden for a lot of things. Load management uh-huh. is not one of them. If that exactly. dude is even 50%, he is going to be on the floor and he's going to play 42 <laughs> of the 48 minutes because, I mean, it, it, it's not going to be good for the longevity of his career. But, I mean, a lot of people complain about James Harden for a lot of things, but load management cannot be one of them because – that dude plays as long as he's able to. Yeah, so um, you, you see it, um, the concept of it, and like I said, I, I agree with Pop saying that he's not the godfather, and as it is right now, players doing those extended breaks. You, if, if you're hurt, um, like DeJounte Murray, you know, they put him on a minutes restriction to start the season. I mean, that's kind of low management, if you want to think about it. You're managing his load of minutes, because he's coming off a uh, surgery and back in, in, into an NBA court after being away for a full season. It's still there, James, but I just think this is just semantics. No matter how you spin it, no matter what you do, there's going to be low management throughout an entire NBA season moving forward and even in the past, James. The, 
you look at the NBA today, and where it, it let's flip over to the NFL for a little bit. Okay. If you look at the NFL today, old school people hate you. You can't touch anybody. You can't hit anybody. Mm-hmm. You can't. Well, it's because studies have shown that it is really bad for players and the longevity of their life, not just careers, to play mm-hmm. game the game the way it was 20 years ago. Like, it's just not healthy. It's bad for you, and I understand that they're well compensated, but, like, they're going to deal with long-term health issues regardless. Mm-hmm. We're trying to minimize the effects of those long-term uh, health. NBA is the same way. Like, have you ever watched Bill Russell or any older NBA players? Like, mm-hmm. it's sad. Like, they can barely move. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. it yeah. starts early. Like, look at 40 to 50-year-old players. They kind of walk almost bow-leggedly, and they're really slow. Like, there's not a whole lot of, like, movement because of the torture that they put their body through for 82 games plus playoffs and never taking nights off and playing multiple back-to-back. Like, the body and the joints physiologically aren't capable of dealing with that. And you're asking these players to, A, impact their long, long-term health, and B, the longevity of their career. So they figured out a way to, A, increase the longevity of the career by taking a night off here and there throughout the season, which gives you actually more of the player. Instead of that player peter, petering out around 30 to 35, you can now watch mm-hmm. somebody like LeBron James play at an elite level Till he's 38 years old for one, yeah. two, three, four, however many more seasons, because that guy's played more basketball than anybody because he's always in the finals. Right. So if yeah. you start to look at it in this case, while we may be shorting you a couple of games during the regular season, you're, you, you've tacked on like five to seven years to a, a potential all-time greats career. So that's five to seven years worth of being able to watch him play longer. Well, it definitely helped San Antonio uh, back in their golden era uh, of the big three uh, because it Remember, did allow – Remember, it was done after we got bounced in the first round against the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, and I remember, was it a mind that only played with the – with decided to – yeah, he decided to take this whole load management thing at face value and start to rest. He trimmed some weight. He changed his body type and the way he played yeah. the game, and it extended his career for another five to seven years. Yeah, exactly. And even even in his final season, he was still giving you uh, a minimal uh, double-digit figures and minimal uh, double-figure uh, mm-hmm. rebound. So he was still effective. Uh, but uh, you know, the wheels came off as they that they would always say when Timmy was uh, playing, and he just the lift was gone. We really had lift, but. It was less than the little lift that he had. Um, but you can see it. But, you know, I, I do agree with Pop in the sense that maybe he doesn't want to be attached to what it is nowadays. Um, but in essence, uh, that the thought, the process, the idea, the concept of it um, probably was generated from him and how he approached the big three. All right. When we get back, uh, James and I are going to talk about your San Antonio Spurs for a little while longer. And I'm going to ask him a very important question. <laughs> We are back, and I'm joined by James Pledger. He is the co-host of 
Saturday morning hangover you can find on ESPN San Antonio radio and online and on Twitter and on Facebook. Just Google ESPN San Antonio uh, Saturday morning hangover. You'll find every possible way to tune into us and listen to James and his co-host RJ Ochoa. And uh, so James, I can ask you a very, very important question here. We're going to nerd it up, brother. What do you think about okay. reports that Christian Bale, Batman, is going to be jump the move to Marvel? <laughs> Are you talking about the possibility or the reports that you tweeted out to me that he's going to be Beta Ray Bill in Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, well, that's changed now. He's still uh, reportedly going to take a, um, a role in Love and Thunder, but it's going to be Gore, the serial killing God killer, which I think suits him better. But nevertheless, what do you feel about that? the God Butcher. Thank you. Yeah, the God Butcher. I appreciate that. Uh, What do you think about the whole uh, aspect that fans are under uproar right now that he's a DC guy? How dare he move to Marvel? Really do. I can't think (laughs) of him off the top of my head, but I know a a couple other people have had some roles, not as big as Bales, but have also made the jump from DC to Marvel or Marvel to DC. Like yeah. he's not beholden to DC for any reason. And outside of his voice, if he's playing uh, Gore the God Butcher, that's gonna be a lot of CGI, most yeah. likely, just because of who that character is. So outside of his voice and if you can discern his voice, like you're not really gonna be able to recognize him. It's gonna be pretty much a lot like Josh Brolin is Thanos, or if you look at um, the way uh, Christopher Eccleston, who was mm-hmm. the uh, Ninth Doctor in Doctor Who, like you couldn't tell who he was when he was playing Malekith. Right. Because of the makeup and, and the CGI and everything that was involved with turning him into Malekith. So him playing Gore the God Butcher, and, and it's going to be such a great role in terms of the story arc because of who Gore the God Butcher is, the Necrosword, what the Necrosword means for the possible incoming Galactus with them having gotten the rights to the Fantastic Four and and characters like Galactus again. Like Gore opens up a whole new set of possibilities for the long game uh, uh, kind of a Thanos level 4T Mm-hmm. Or what's going? What's going to be Marvel moving forward? So it's going to be very, very interesting. Well, um, on that note, um, the last Batman to make the jump um, from DC to Marvel wasn't it Michael Keaton? Vulture. That's right. Vulture. He was Bruce Wayne Batman in DC, and he made the move to Marvel playing Vulture. So it's been done. There's precedent, people. So Catwoman is yep. the wasp. Yep, exactly. So there's precedent, and I have no problem with it. And look, Bale playing a serial killer? I mean, how how perfect can that be? He has totally experience oh, in that man. role. It's going to be so good. Yeah, but all right, let's get this show back on track now, people. Uh, James, final thoughts well, on... We were going to nerd out. <laughs> uh, well, we, we did, yeah. Then I, then I realized that I'm up against the clock. I went, oh, my God, James and I can talk for like two hours now. Um, <laughs> so final thoughts on your San Antonio Spurs. Look, they got Memphis uh, coming up. 
uh, which is kind of like a battle for the eighth seed because they're the ninth seed right now. I think they're only separated by one loss in the loss column. Um, so, I mean, I, I know you already made your point saying like you, you would like to see a little bit more uh, games before you fully commit to it. But is there any other bright uh, silver line to the Spurs playing right now? Um, outside of defense, offense, and the, your uh, at least willingness to take more three pointers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I guess does, depends what you call silver lining, but there's a possibility that they're no longer going to make any moves at the trade deadline. Yeah, well, I don't. Well, no, I think fans are still mixed on that. But if you follow fans on uh, social media, but you, oh, I've seen. Yeah, you know, yeah, it, it's not it's not fun right now if you're a Spurs fan on social media. <laughs> um, needless to say, you know, I, I think for me, a silver lining in the recent uptick right now is that maybe, just maybe, you know, that, that Spurs system you know, has a few tricks up its sleeve. You know, many they know it's outdated, it's old. Um, so I, I think what I'm getting at is in the Spurs it took a little while, but releasing a small sample size the last few games, it seemed to be trending that way. Yeah, the trend is definitely encouraging in the sense that, you know, you're seeing things that we've wanted to see for at least a couple of years with the uh, volume of threes increasing, Marcus Aldridge getting more comfortable taking threes, Mm -hmm. um, getting Lonnie Walker more minutes. When it comes to a silver lining, that's probably it for me. Like, Lonnie Walker's getting minutes. And he's thriving in those minutes, both on the offensive and defensive end. And we're not seeing him getting pulled aside and chastised by Pop and then never seeing the court again currently. So that's my silver lining is more minutes for Lonnie Walker equals a good thing for the San Antonio Spurs. That's right. Um, He's being very competitive now, James. So that's good. And it's like last night in the win versus uh, Boston. I was when I looked at the uh, stat sheet, I was like, Lonnie had nineteen. Like, huh? What? Huh? I was like, it was like a quiet nineteen. But I, I'm, I'm glad, you know, that just shows that he's definitely making an impact on. Or, the, or so. that's how Kawhi got his points early in his career. Like it was a, like Kawhi ended up with twenty five. Like how? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's I thought how he took like shots. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's how my reaction was yesterday when um, you know through the final box. Huh? I was like that. All right, roll with it. You know, just go with it. And hey, the W is a W. James, we've been talking a lot about um, Saturday morning hangover. Um, I'd like you to just repeat one more time for the fans how they can tune in and where they can listen to you and your co-host. Yeah, you can listen here in San Antonio on 94.5 FM or 12.50 on the AM. You can listen anywhere online at ESPNSA.com. And 9 to 11 on Saturdays, we also put it on Facebook Live, so you can watch it there. Facebook forward slash ESPN San Antonio. Just go to our videos. Once the video's ended, you can even go back and check it later because it remains on our feed. And then we also tweet out 
the show once we podcast it after it's ended at ESPN underscore SA or at either my Twitter account, I am Pledger, or RJ Ochoa's at RJ Ochoa. And, you know, I also got to give a round of applause to you, James, because I think you perfected the art of driving while podcasting with me. So you, <laughs> you, do, a, you do a really, really good job with that. I'm here listening to you right now. I'm like, I hear cars. He's, he's probably driving right now somewhere in San Antonio. Um, you always spot, seem to catch me either when I'm coming uh, to or leaving. Right. Work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I notice a pattern here. It's either I get a hold of you um, and I'm like, hey, you know, you want to jump on? And you're like, yeah, sure. And next thing I know, I hear cars. I'm like, I'm waiting for one day next to hear an airplane or next time I hear a train. <laughs> you, you're like, oh, I'm an Uber right now. I'm taking a ride right oh, yeah. now. So that's going to Then my react would be like, wait, James, you're on a freaking plane right now? <laughs> you're like, yeah, what's the problem? <laughs> I got bars uh, everywhere, baby. <laughs> <laughs> All right. As for me, you can follow me on Twitter at Jeff G Spurs Zone. And speaking of the Spurs zone, News for San Antonio, Fox 39, SanAntonio.com. If you missed what the Spurs and Celtics had to say after the game yesterday, go there right now. I have a quick post, a little bit of a sample of what the players had to say. And also, what did Brad Stevens have to say about the fan uh, throwing beer near the uh, Spurs bench? That's on the Spurs zone and more. And, uh, of course, we encourage you to subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you can find your favorite podcast. Just hit subscribe, download it, give us a few stars. I would appreciate it. But for Jay's pleasure, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs.